0: Hello baseball fans, welcome back to another edition of Throwback Sports Productions and Backyard Baseball 2001. Today is Sunday, March 28th, 2021, and we have a special treat for you folks. That's right, it is the post-season preview edition of the broadcast podcast for the year. So we've reached the end of the regular season here for the uh, 2020-2021 um Red Hornets campaign. We're in the postseason, uh, top seed in the American League overall. Um, but we'll get to the uh, ins and outs of that here in a bit. But this show is strictly just, you know, going over the matchups for the. Uh, playoff pictures what teams uh what the uh, good and the bad and the ugly are about for the teams how they stack up against each other who do we think is hot who's not whatever all that fun stuff all the breakdowns of things and uh that's the uh, gist of what we're going to be doing here this afternoon but before we get ahead of ourselves i want to thank ben my good buddy brother and co-host ben schultz for being back in the booth here for this uh edition of uh throwback sports productions and the postseason preview today how are you doing sir and um What are you you looking forward to most for uh, all the uh, digging into that we're going to be doing here today?
1: Well, I am am kind of a sucker for stats um, from you, actually, because you're a stat head like our Uncle John is, too. And this will be a different format, like you said. (laughs) Um, We are not playing a game today, but rather kind of breaking down what we think is going to go on in our postseason matchups. And, uh, first set of games, we'll just kind of go through who's going to face who and break the stats down and see who, who might come out on top, have some top picks, hot takes and whatever, uh, might be boring for some, uh, but we love it. I like it and ready to rock and roll. So first, Mike, um, I honestly forget how we did this last year That's <laughs> I didn't, okay. and listen to the last year's episode. So like, um. How how do you want to go about this? Just gonna take it down the list, matchup yeah, matchups, so we'll and then have a yeah. We'll just recap. take it down
0: the list. We'll start. Um, so I know you folks can't see this because uh, we have this up on the screen here for our purposes, but we have the uh, the, the division playoff champions, champ divisional playoff champs screen um, within the game. Here we've got the American League, the two matchups up there on the top, and then below that the two for the National League on the bottom and uh, the teams, how they stack up, what the seeding is, and all of that. So we'll just take it uh, in order from top left to bottom right, and uh, we'll start here in the American League in the top section. Number three, Cleveland Indians, the winners of the American League Central, going up against the number two seed Super Duper Fishes, winners of the American League East. And Ben, will start here with the Indian side. Uh, team ERA of 466, uh, walking 14 batters, striking out 80 as a team. Their ace, Dawn Cozart, is um, ace of the staff. They're 4-3 record with a four-oh five ERA. 5 uh, ERA, 34 innings pitched, 7 walks, 34 strikeouts. Uh, but they're going to see if they can lean on her heavy for the at least the first game of that, but we'll see how the matchups go there. Um, 351 team batting average for them. Your heavy hitters there, Samuel Middleton, Stan Olafson, and Stephanie Morgan. We'll get into the batting stats here for things as we go. But uh, yeah, the team, decent batting average. Um, th- those uh, three guys in the middle, Middleton, Olofsson, and Morgan doing the bulk of the damage. 79 runs batted in for the team, 22 home runs, 13 walks as a team, and struck out 68 times. And then... Um, going on to the fishes side of things, the American League East champions there uh, with a record of, let's see what their record was, 8 and 6 as well. Um, team ARA of 362, so definitely lower than the Indian squad, uh, walking 21 batters and striking out 68. So more walks, fewer strikeouts, but better results overall. And their ace, Derek McCattery, Ben, take a look at that. 3 0, undefeated with a sub. 2 ERA, 1.89 for them. Uh, 19 innings pitched, 6 walks, 17 strikeouts, but very efficient there. Team hitting 322 uh, for the uh, batting average there with Alexis Weiss, Timmy Unger, and Caitlin Kane doing the bulk of the damage. 55 runs batted in is a team 10 dingers, 15 walks, and 61 strikeouts total. But Ben, for the American League and for this first matchup here, identical records at 8 and 6. What are your thoughts about, like, the ace matchups for the pitching squad? Um, what do you think how the offense and defense will stack up against each other? What are your thoughts about this matchup overall?
1: So it's interesting. Like you said, um, identical series so far for the standings but they took very different routes at least judging from the stats side of things um Derek McCattery will take this in reverse order for the fishes um AL East champs here he is like he said 3 and 0 undefeated um so very strong at least on the the pitching side of things but um they have less fewer strikeouts than the Indians uh the fishes are at 68 The Indians are at 80 strikeouts, so that, from the pitching side of things, tells me a little bit of a story here. So Derek Mm -hmm. McCattery is not relying so heavily on his pitching arm as he is his infield and outfield to get the job done. Um, As far as the heavy hitters go, 79 versus 55. So they don't really have that many runs batted in. I guess the Mm -hmm. Indians go generally for more power and more Mm -hmm. kind of – if they're ahead, then they'll just keep chugging ahead versus the Fishes who, judging at least from the RBIs for this whole season, um, seem to know when enough is enough and just kind of play conservative if they need to. So interesting, too. Uh, you got more home runs on the Indians' side than the Fishes. Uh, 22 for the Indians, 10 for the Fishes. Um, a little more, a few more walks on the uh, Fishes' side of things, 15 over 13, but not too much. I'm not going to split hairs too Often, I guess those are may, my takeaways. Uh, two very different ways to get to the same place, and it'll be interesting to see how these guys fare uh, come the next game, which will happen uh, next episode, I think. We'll have the look around the league mm-hmm. there. So that's my notes about the Indians and the Fishes, and um, we're going to dive into the next and probably our favorite, <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays versus the Red Hornets, Mike.
0: Yes, indeed. So, um, going on to the second, uh, second spot there for the, uh, playoff mashups in the American League side, our boys and girls on the Red Hornets team going up against the wild card winning surprise. They pulled it off Toronto Blue Jays. We played this team, I believe once before Ben, and we did in fact beat them, but they're a decent squad pulling out the wild card. there, coming out of the American League East. And, uh, they were in a, they were in a, um, a dead heat race with the fishes for the American league crown divisional crown there, but I uh, didn't quite pull it off, but they snuck in, get into the wild card spot and lock that one up. I believe with, I think it may have been even be like two games to go if I remember correctly, but um, anyway, they're in with the wild card, but they will go up against us. The Hornets uh, number one overall seed, At 13 and one, uh, but the Blue Jays will start with them. Eight and six, the wild card winners out of the American League East, with a team ERA of 5.16. So the highest ERA we've seen of any pitching squad, and I think it's the highest ERA of any squad whatsoever. Just going down the list here, double checking. Yeah, so they have the highest earned run total of any pitching staff of any team that's made it to the postseason. Um, So not a whole lot of um, you know pitching prowess it seems from at least a, a, a line score. Um, for pitching goes Their ace of the staff um, Well Team Ara, We'll just backtrack a bit Team ERA 516 Walked 19 batters Struck out 70 So a decent amount of strikeouts Against Or strikeouts uh, for them Against the other team uh, Their ace Jody Palmer 1-1 one one with a three fifty five ERA 26 pitches 7 walks And 26 strikeouts On the year So not a whole Lot Of Um yeah, not a whole lot of doing there um it's kind of weird that, that like the ace of the staff doesn't have you know that many innings pitched and um you know 26 is the bulk of it or a decent bit of it Luann Louis there's their other one I guess was their ace to start the year but she fell off the horse with a 605 ERA going two and two 34 innings pitched with um 34 runs allowed 31 strikeouts and six walks but um yeah so the blue Jays, interesting team especially from the pitching side. Uh, Switching over to the offensive categories, 339 batting average for the team. Uh, Their heavy hitters are uh, Pablo Sanchez, who we know very well from past seasons and uh, playing against him this year as well. He's always a threat to uh, cause damage. Veronica Lee and Tracy Hoban, uh, number five and six hitters back-to-back there, um, have uh, 21 RBIs, Uh, combined with them. uh, Sanchez, of course, with 17 for the year and leading the team. But um, 50, let's see here, 78 RBIs for the team, 22 home runs. Sanchez uh, contributes to that too. 10 walks and struck out 82 times as a team. So they struck out a fair amount. They don't walk a whole ton, but um, they seem to, you know... Pull off wins where they need them. They're not really a powerhouse. They may have a couple powerhouse players on the team, but I think overall they're fairly you know, fairly balanced, fairly even it looks like. But um, look for their pitching to be the big thing here um, as they need to go deep in games for their pitching staff to have their team have a chance to go deep. And then for our boys and girls on the Hornets side, number one overall seed at 13-1. Uh, winners of the American League West by a good margin and the lowest team ERA of anybody in the playoffs. 1.08 earned run average. We've walked none. Struck out 107 between Sally Dobbs and Randy Johnson. Dobbs will get the nod for the uh, ace tag here for the time being, going 7-0 with a 113 ERA. 43 innings pitched, no walkouts, 50 strikeouts, big 5-0 there. And uh, for the... Uh, Batting average, highest uh, batting average of any uh, team in the league total so far. Going into the postseason, 521 with your heavy hitters Canseco, Chipper Jones, and Sally Dobbs doing the damage. Canseco always a threat with his big bat. 81 RBIs as a team, 14 home runs, so not a ton of home runs, but decent enough. We've walked 22 times and only struck out 26, so very good play discipline from the whole squad there. Um, not, not striking out a whole lot whatsoever. And um, very patient, very balanced offense there, uh, speed and power, combination of all of that. The thing to be careful about is if we get into a pitcher's duel, Ben, which has happened many times through the season, and we lost one of them to the Diamondbacks, who you remember beat us 2-1, to one, and their ace went toe-to-toe with Randy Johnson, looked him in the eye and laughed, and won. Um, so Saul's in the wound there. Randy would love to face the Diamondbacks. If we make it to the World Series, that's the only way that's going to happen, but getting ahead of ourselves too much we are beatable and uh, I'm not ashamed to say it and I don't think you would be ashamed to say that or agree with me here either but uh, what are your thoughts about this matchup here the wild card blue jays against our boys and girls of the hornets um, number one overall seed?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see the second clash of these teams. Last time you saw the Blue Jays, Mike, was back in game number 10 uh, when we Ooh. were at Sandy Flats. And if I remember correctly, that was also the game Randy Johnson scored a home run into the puddle in the left field. Yes, he
0: did. <laughs> he whacked it over the over the, uh, over the the log fence and gooshed it into the puddle to left. And uh, we, were, we were off and running from there. That was quite a back-and-forth affair. A lot happened in that game.
1: Definitely so. And a couple of surprises for us, too, even though we're uh, – pretty used to a lot of things in the game. We've been around for a while, broadcasting for years and years, and there's still a couple surprises out there to be seen, so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how the Blue Jays have adjusted since then. Uh, I remember we, we ran away with that game, um, but uh, as far as general overviews go, so th- we are, as you said, 13-1 and one versus Blue Jays 8-6, so again different routes, same destination, but the thing to watch out for is um, even though you said we could get into a pitcher's duel and lose our track record, 107 strikeouts for the entire season versus mm-hmm. um the Blue Jays 70 says a lot about especially Sally Dobbs, who's been doing the bulk of the pitching this season. Yes. Um also to counterbalance that um we're pretty on point with our our aces and heavy hitters here with Conseco Jones, and Dobbs respectively smashing a collective 81 RBIs for the whole season. But they're up against uh, one of the secret weapons, Pablo Sanchez, uh, Veronica Lee, and Tracy Hoban here in the Blue Jays side of things who have run home 78 RBIs uh, collectively. So they're not afraid to swing the bat and swing the bat hard and uh, it'll be fun to see next game uh, where how the Toronto Blue Jays adjust accordingly, if they've learned, if they've grown, if they're faster, better, stronger, and how we'll fare in the uh, cleared air of the postseason. Those are my thoughts on that matchup. Um, let's roll right into the next one the Giants versus the Blue Melon Heads in the National League.
0: All right, so the Giants winners of the wild card out of the National League West at 9 and 5, going up against the number one seed in the National League there, the Blue Melon Heads, at 11 and 3, so only two games behind us for the best record in baseball. But uh, red hot, really good stretches there. They won a ton of games in a row uh, throughout the season and uh, punching their ticket to the postseason here handily. But we'll start with the Giants side. Again, wild card winners out of the National League West. They had a shot to win the NL West outright, but uh, the Diamondbacks were able. Able to uh, clip them for that um, for that honor there but uh, team ERA of 4.30, 14 walks, 103 strikeouts so a lot of strikeouts there um, by the Giants pitching staff very dominant in the uh, forward and backward letter K's category um, second only to us with 107 for the Hornets so only four strikeouts behind us uh, their ace, Christian Sullivan, five and two with a three six zero earned run average, thirty five innings pitched this season, four walks, forty one strikeouts, so very very efficient, and a very high number of strikeouts, speaking to those uh, totals there. And then on the offensive side, three thirty six batting average with their heavy hitters, Barry Bonds, who's always a danger, Maya Woodruff, and then Jay Green, uh, the two, I think two three and four hitters, if I'm not mistaken. We'll just double check the uh, check the batting there for that, just so, so we have our notes right, but. Um, Yeah, so Barry Bonds batting second, Jay Green batting third, and then Maya Woodruff uh, batting fourth. So two, three, and four hitters, the big time damage doers for the Giants there. So they have bats, they have pitching ability, they can strike you out handily. But the big thing for them is going to be, you know, you can't go hot and cold in this series with, with with the offense. You have to be consistent and steady, get your big hits from your big players and score early and often. The defense has to be good for them. Uh, they don't want to be falling behind in that category. Um, 70 runs batted in for the team, 22 home runs, 11 walks, and 81 strikeouts. So they, they can do some damage, uh, but they can also strike out a fair bit too. So just keeping that in mind. Um, going over to the Mellonheads, winners of the American or the National League East, excuse me, and uh, the uh, top seed in the NL uh, with an 11 and 3 record, a team ERA of 3.45, so a good almost point under their uh, counterparts, the Giants. 14 walks, 82 strikeouts as a staff. Their ace, Sophie Meyer, look at this, Ben 8-1 with a 2.98 ERA, 51 innings pitch, their workhorse by far, walking 6, striking out 39, but that tells me she's very, very selective with her pitches, where she puts them, she paints corners, she gets ground outs, she gets out of jams, and uh, does it well not having to strike out a whole ton of batters, although 39 is pretty decent, but uh, doing more damage uh, with the uh, ground balls and fly balls than the uh, strikeouts there. And then for the offensive side for them, 341 batting average, so a little bit better than the Giants there. Um, Heavy hitters Ruth Prout, Claudia Villarta, and Libby Futterman. Uh, We didn't play these guys at all, Ben, at any point during the year, but man, did they they fly high and hard the entire season in the National League and crowning themselves National League overall division champs and their NL East uh, victory there. 78 runs batted in, so eight more than the Giants. 22 home runs, dead even there. 20 walks so they've walked more a bit more plate patience it looks like and about the same for strikeouts at 78 but it looks like they get the job done a bit more in the pitching department um sophie meyer they've been leaning hard on so they i think they are pitching dependent here ben uh maybe a little bit you know more balanced with the offense like not powerhouses by any means but you know they do all right here and there but their pitching and their defense seems to get the job done for them
1: i could agree too um i was going to say uh pitching mound offense via defense for the Mellonheads especially they can clean up the mound Uh, they have a respectable amount of strikeouts at 82 for the whole team and uh, Sophie Meyer with that towering eight and one record definitely shows a lot as far as communication between the infield and the pitcher's mound so definitely a clear picture of how they got as far as they did and um they're uh, up against uh, Kristen Sullivan, who did get the nod for her ace position as well. Five and two for mm-hmm. her record with a hundred three strikeouts, so cresting the uh, the triple digit mark for strikeouts, and the Giants sit very pretty there. Uh, generally the Giants, I think, I would agree with you, they're a pretty well-balanced team. They can hit, they can pitch, uh, they can offend, they can defend. Um, (laughs) So versus Giants versus Melonheads, I would say that game might go either way. It'd be interesting to see. I wish we could see that whole game play out, but we'll just have the results at the end because our network doesn't reach quite that far. But it'll be interesting to see how both of them leverage their strengths and weaknesses against each other, kind of get as far as they can in the game and uh, strategically use their strengths and uh, and place people accordingly. So it's a toss-up for me, Mike, between the Giants and Melonheads, and uh, that's about all I have for those guys, unless you wanted to add maybe a couple more things about them. But uh, other than that, that's about it for that one.
0: Yeah, no, that uh, that's, uh, wraps it up quite nicely for that one, I think, Ben. Yeah, it's a toss-up on uh, for, for me here, too. I could go either way. Uh, Giants could be a dark horse to make a run here in the postseason. We'll see. they got to get past the Melonheads first, and uh, you got to win that first game and go from there. So uh, we'll see what happens with that series and keep an eye on everything closely. And then rounding it out with the uh, last matchup there, the uh, National League, the Arizona Diamondbacks, 9-5, and winners of the NL West, uh, over the San Francisco Giants um, by way of tiebreaker um, going up against the number three seed White Monsters seven and seven so dead even fi- finishing 500 for the year lowest record of wins and losses for any team that made the postseason here but the Monsters have an interesting um they've got an interesting story we'll dig into that here in a bit but um, starting off with the Diamondbacks there the number two seed out of the NL West champs of that division there team era of 316 so another good one close to close to three 12 walks, 69 strikeouts as a team and their ace Ben look at that we lost to him in that fateful one loss that we had against the Diamondbacks when they, they stared down um, <laughs> they stared down Randy Johnson and the big unit blinked. <laughs> uh, Meisenheimer got the win in that game. He is a perfect 5-0 and with a microscopic 0.38 earned run average, the only one on here with a sub-1 earned run average of any starter. 31 innings pitched, one walk, struck out 20, but he's very good with his pitches. He gets a lot of ground balls and gets out of jams. So kind of similar to um, the squad of, I believe it was, I think the Giants there? Um, or no, not the Giants. It was in the AL... I forget where that was. Um, Anyway, similar to, uh, you know, like the style of, you know, not necessarily pounding the strike zone, but just, you know, getting ground ball outs, fly ball outs, double plays, relying on the defense, but you can get some strikeouts here and there too. Um, To the uh, rest of that side there on the offensive section, 281 team batting average, so not very high at all. But their hitters, so offensively, Barbara Jones, Isabel Morelli, and Judy Ablenza doing the bulk of the damage there. We'll just dig into what those numbers are. Yeah, 281 team batting average, man, that's awfully low for a team that makes the postseason. But they rely hard on Meisenheimer, but they know they can trust him in big game situations. So look for him to get the nod in Game 1 of this division series against the Monsters. Um... Offensive sides, Morelli, 325 batting average with eight RBIs, Barbara Jones, 365 average with 13 RBIs, and then um, Let's see here Judy Abunza down there, too uh, 315 average with five RBIs, but yeah, they don't do a whole lot offensively as a team, Ben Um, even though they did have Only have 47 runs batted in so a lot of low-scoring affairs for this team, but they pulled it out Winning nine games, losing only five, and taking the NL West division. Uh, 47 ribbies, 12 home runs, 18 walks as a team, and 118 strikeouts. So a lot of strikeouts for this ball club, Ben, on the offensive side. But pitching and defense wins them those close games. And they will have to have both if they want to uh, take care of the white monsters here. Who come into the postseason number three seed in the National League at 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, winning the National League Central division of all things with a seven and seven record. That's not something that happens very often. Uh, Team ERA definitely higher at 3.88. Uh, 10 walks for the squad, 80 strikeouts for the squad. and then Peter Levine is their ace, three and one with a three six four earned run average. So leagues below Meisenheimer. but holding his own there, doing all right, still winning the uh, Amer- or the uh, National League Central, which is no easy task. 25 innings pitched for him, 1 walk, 21 strikeouts, so not a whole lot of strikeout power for him either, but the uh, batting average side of it, definitely better. Uh, 343 team batting average, definitely higher than the Diamondbacks by a good 070 points or so there. Tiffany Bosworth, Samantha Winslow, and Marilyn McDonald doing the heavy hitting work and the heavy lifting offensively for them. Uh, 71 runs batted in, so almost double that of what the Diamondbacks have. 15 home runs, 21 walks, and 84 strikeouts, so a lot more plate discipline for them, especially from a walks to strikeouts ratio and also from an offensive production standpoint. So Ben, you've got the NL Central champs and the White Monsters at 7-7 with not as good pitching but very balanced offense against the Diamondbacks, number two seed at 9-5 who have a very dominant pitching staff but also not so great on the offensive side of the ball, and they're prone to a lot of close games. Who do you think has the edge in this series?
1: I'll reveal that at the end. Let's walk through a couple of observations. So first of all, um, we have the Diamondbacks, who handily beat us, and we know them personally. I like yes. your take about the microscopic ERA, for heaven's sake, 0.38. You never see that because it's too darn small, and there is no prescription on God's green earth that can get you that good of eyesight. But uh, they rely on surgical pitching and tactical defense when that pitching doesn't quite work out. So they don't allow too many runs in, but they don't need to score a whole lot on the flip side. So they know how to use their infield. They know how to use their mound, for heaven's sake. Meisenheimer, uh, the machine. Definitely a testament to that fact. And um, have a towering a... Uh, let's see, 16... Well, I'm sorry. So... Uh, Oh, there we go. So you know, they, they, have, uh, they have 69 strikeouts, but as you said, they know they know how to work their, their infield to kind of make the ball do what they want after it leaves the uh, pitcher's glove. On the other side of the coin here, you have the Monsters who barely made it to the postseason, Mike, but they are still here, um, and a seat well-earned at that. They have a higher ERA than the Diamondbacks, but they have more also in the hitting department. Um, so I mm-hmm. think... If the monsters can shore up their defense, they could gain postseason momentum rolling into the first game of the uh of, of the championships here. So or the playoffs rather. Um so I think Ah gosh, if if I were to pick I would lean towards the Diamondbacks on this one, uh, just because we personally know of the their pitcher and how dangerous he actually is, um, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. the only one who was able to make our unit blink. And I love how you said that earlier; that was perfect. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, what I think the monsters could do, uh, but that's who I'd go with as far as this matchup. Just barely though, diamond over the monsters in this one. I gotta say.
0: Alrighty, so Diamondbacks over the Monsters is your prediction for that, but we'll see how it plays out. We've got a toss-up between the Giants and Melonheads in the National League uh, Wild Card versus one seed. Uh, interestingly enough, Blue Jays and Hornets. I'm not sure if you gave an edge to one team or the other for our series matchup there, but who do you think has the edge overall?
1: I would say the Hornets definitely. And yes, I am biased, but I am also uh, <laughs> just looking at the stats. They speak for themselves. Thirteen and one versus eight and six. Um, So the Blue Jays will be coming from underneath the water, so to speak, uh, to try and get that momentum forwards. But I think the Hornets definitely have the edge in this game. And I don't remember anything about the Indians and the Super Duper Fishes. Did, did I give a hot take? Did I not? A prediction? I don't did think you, you have... gave a
0: hot take. We just went over the information there. But um, just based off the stats there, who do you think has the edge? Indians at 8-6 and six out of the AL Central Champs. And Super Duper Fishes at 8-6, and six, number two seed being the AL East Champs. Kind of oh, similar goodness. teams it looks like. Yeah, it's so definitely. Who, who, would you, who would you give the edge to?
1: Oh, jeez. <sighs> I'm going to have to give There are also it...
0: two teams that we don't know very well.
1: That is true. We haven't brushed up against their uh, their style, so I'm not quite sure how they behave. This is the hardest one. I've already given a toss-up, so I feel kind of bad giving another one. Gosh. If I were to lean one way, I'd lean towards the Indians actually. Um, and just because they can okay. handle the mound a little better than the fishes. They All have right. more strikeouts and they're, they're more solid on their on their ERAs. It looks like. So I would, I would yeah, lean so. towards the Indians just because they like the more control you can exert on the ball before it even leaves the glove, the better chance you have of kind of making it through that game. So that's my prediction. <laughs> I might be wrong. I might be way off, but we'll be able. Well, interesting to see. I'll save these notes for next time, actually, and uh, see how right we were or very wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely circle back at the end of the postseason whenever it does end uh, here and then uh, compare notes for what we thought would happen versus what actually happened. It'll be fun to look back and reminisce and see how, 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 how on or off or way off or whatever we end up being. So Ben, your take is going to be, uh, you said the Indians over the Fishes. I'm actually going to take the game one edge of this series to the Fishes and Derek McCattery. I think he's going to get the job done here in Game 1, but then it's anybody's can of, can of beans after that. Who knows what's going to happen going forward. I like your take with the Hornets over the Blue Jays. I think we're a more balanced team. Even though we're pl- prone to close games, we also can score offensive bunches and I think we proved that with that last game that we had, uh, wrapping up the season, opening up the can of worms for the offensive onslaught to win that game handily and walk away with that victory at 13-1 and for the year. Uh, I'm with you there for the toss-up with the Giants and Blue, and blue Melon Heads. That can go either way and that'll, that's all that I'm going to say about that. And then Diamondbacks Monsters, I think the Diamondbacks have the edge in that series to be to be quite honest there, Meisenheimer is the ace of the staff and they know how to win games so we'll see what happens with that but that's all. all of the news and notes we have for the postseason preview edition here ben any last thoughts before we wrap this up here and get ready for the actual games of this diver- first divisional round
1: i bet you a package of oreos that i'm right about those cleveland indians kay. for this next game we'll see how it plays out but i i bet you a pack of oreos that they're going to come out on top in all game
0: right. One all right you're on you're on i I love a good bet with good food so you got it we'll see loser buys okay loser buys all right fair (laughs) enough keep 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 track of this at home ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first the bet is on the table the oreos have been laid down the batting glove gauntlet has been thrown
1: that's all i got (laughs) That's (laughs)
0: That's <laughs> That's all I got okay. for here. So. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, thank you all for tuning in for this uh, special edition of Backyard Baseball 2001 and Throwback Sports Productions, the postseason preview edition. Uh, leave us your thoughts. Leave us your comments down below on who you think is going to take what series and why. And uh, make your give us your hot takes for your postseason deep runs and, and see what happens here. Is it going to be our boys and girls of the Hornets squad? Is it going to be a surprise team from elsewhere? Is it going to be fairly straightforward as the stats lay out? Or could we have some toss? Ups here and there. Give us your thoughts. Give us your hot takes. Give us your, give us your, give us your uh, down and dirty, nitty gritty details and thoughts about what you think is going to happen for these series. But anyway, until next time, this is uh, for my good buddy, brother, and co-host Ben Schultz. Uh, from all of us here in the booth and from everybody at Throwback Sports Productions, this is Michael Schultz saying so long. Have a good rest of your weekend. Enjoy the nice weather if you have that where you are. I know we're getting some good weather here in Minnesota. We are going to take a two-week break. After this uh, broadcast here, to rest and reset and get ready for the postseason playoff games. Uh, So, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after is what we'll be shooting for for the next broadcast and game one of the divisional playoff series. Uh, Hornets and Blue Jays uh, live at home from the steel stadium and uh we'll get to the uh, pitching matchups and the actual game matchups once we get to there but that'll be two weeks from today we'll take a break for the week in between and um rest and recover and get ready for this so have an awesome weekend enjoy we'll talk to you soon and uh give us your hot takes we're looking forward to it thanks and have an awesome day take care everybody